All right, everybody. It looks like we are live. It is the uh, technically the first day of September. It's September 1st, but we're going to do the August edition of the live QA because it just kind of worked out how Friday was. So uh, I did have a little bit of a technical issue that I got uh, an error that said, you know, it one of the platforms stopped streaming. So I didn't know if it was Facebook or YouTube that dropped off. So I did have to restart the stream. So hopefully some of you guys are still with me. Uh, I did lose the initial comments and likes and all that stuff. So if you guys are still with me, go ahead and drop a comment in there real quick. If you could, please. I do have maybe one thumbs up telling me that audio is good. But if you guys are still with me, go ahead and drop back in. So I might have to uh, quick update a post on maybe Facebook or something like that. But uh, yeah, super excited to have everybody here. My name is Dave Tim. I will be your host. And uh, I don't know why my my quick keys aren't working. That's great. Anyways, my name is Dave Tim. I'll be your host on this episode. And uh, if you guys are new here, if you've stumbled across on your feed when you're scrolling or whatever, thanks for stopping by. And if you're listening, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, I do really appreciate it. I know that time is valuable and everybody has a lot of stuff going on, you know, whether it be work, whether it be family stuff or whatever, and actually taking the time to download and listen to a podcast is uh, something that I, I feel is valuable, right? When I select my podcasts on road trips and stuff, I don't do it lightly and I want to make sure I'm getting entertainment, but yet value and information. At least that's what I look for. So uh, yeah, I just want to make sure that you guys are, uh, you guys know that I really do appreciate you guys tuning in live or listening on the podcast later. And uh, let me know maybe in a comment or an email or whatever, where you guys are tuning in from. Speaking of which, again, why aren't these keyboard shortcuts working? This is all supposed to be working. The joys of technology. If you want to see your question on the show and you can't make it live, you can email us. That email address is shown on the screen, or for those listening, it is the QA at gunsandtactics.com. That's right. You can email your question into the QA at gunsandtactics.com. And at the end of the month in this show, I will do my best to answer your question. And as Art knows, Art giving you a special shout out, I do miss a question from time to time. It gets buried in the inbox. I try to flag them and go from there, but, uh, yeah, the joys of technology sometimes and being overly busy and, and everything else. So that is all good. So with that, let's get rocking and rolling before we get to. Um, oh, now what happened? Yeah, I uh, I changed the scene again. I was going to share my screen to do a, another little thing. And obviously that didn't work out very good either. So the joys, the joys of technology. Let me uh, go ahead and try to uh, update this here quick and uh, we'll see what we can come up with. Uh, I do have to give a quick shout out to our Patreon supporters. Kevin B is at the top of the heap. He is our longest and most uh, supportive member of our Patreon supporters. And then we also have some 10 spotters got to give a special shout out to as well. So thanks again to all of our Patreon supporters. I really do appreciate all of their support. Couldn't do it without them. And as the program grows, we're probably going to do some like patron only live chats and, and all that kind of stuff. So really do appreciate that last, but certainly not least. Uh, actually, not even last. I got to give Global a shout out here too. But TriggerCon is coming up, and I wanted to make sure you guys knew about that. TriggerCon is September 22nd through the 24th in Wichita, Kansas. I'm going to be there. Love to meet and greet with you. And if you guys are going to go, uh, for my QA viewers, I got some free tickets for you. So drop a comment, send me an email, and if you are legitimately going to go, I can hook you up with a uh, bang for your buck pass, which will get you into the arena show as well as the range day, which is a 50 plus dollar value. And it's going to be awesome. We'll talk about who's going to be there, all of the vendors, other media, all that stuff here in a little bit, but it's going to be, uh, it's going to be worth it. Like they do a really, really good job. Uh, all right. That being said, let's get back to it and we'll probably start to answer some comments and, you know, kind of look at, uh, some questions and, and all that other stuff here. So again, the only thing that's really frustrating me is 
Oh, there, now it works. I don't know what the deal is. All right. Uh, first comment up here. looks like uh, Thomas was first. Yes, you were. Now, I don't know, Thomas, were you were you uh, first on the other one that I had to restart? I think you might have been. And then we have um, uh, Rage Dead Inside. Rage Dead Inside was second. So, uh, yeah, and Rainier got you beat. So, yeah, I don't know which one you were co commenting from. So, But everything looks good, sounds good, everything's clear. And, hey, if you guys remember from last week or month or whatever it was, last month, I had a camera issue. I think I got that sorted out, and it looks like way better on the preview monitor now. So hopefully it's all good. All right, let's start answering some questions. Our first comment is from Jason. Jason, uh, regarding mounting my pistol red dot, the screws for the SCS came with blue top, I know, tape around them. Do you suggest using liquid Loctite as well? And if so, what specific type do you recommend? You know, we go over this. I have a video. I'll try to remember to post it in the show description when I get all that live stuff done. But I recommend Loctite 243 or Loctite 240, uh, 222 if you're not comfortable with blue. Uh, but 243 has treated me really good, especially with optic screws on an optic that you're not going to have to remove often, like an RMR you'd have to take off to change the battery. So Loctite 243 is what I would recommend. Degrease the threaded holes, degrease the screws, apply a little bit of 243, you're good to go. That's what I recommend. Now that stuff that they put on there does work, but I think Loctite 243 is just my added works a little bit better. So that's what I prefer. Uh, anytime I get a screw with anything pre-applied, I generally degrease, take it off, and I put my own thread locking compound on. So that's just what I do. So yeah, great question. Great question. All right. Uh, yes, and it is blue. Yeah, dried Loctite from the factory. Uh, so basically what they do is they will put, uh, there's different types of OEM thread locker that they can pre-apply. It'll dry and then it will, uh, you know, hopefully act as a, a thread locker once it's applied, but it doesn't have the same bonding power as the liquid stuff. So yeah, good deal. All right. Thoughts on unloaded AR and it being drop safe. Well, that's a great question. Well, Number one, there's different definitions of a loaded AR, even though I'm assuming what you mean is a magazine in round in the chamber, like full loaded. Now, what a lot of in my industry, the training industry, uh, we also have what's called a cruiser ready or a squad ready, which is empty chamber, bolt forward, magazine in. And that's generally how the uh, rifle would be stored, secured in a rack, whatever. So that way, when you would grab it, you would just rack it and you would go from there. That is a little bit safer, obviously, as we don't have a round in the chamber. Now, if you're on patrol, you're doing whatever, you're out of class, uh, obviously, you're going to probably have a round in the chamber at a match, whatever. So keep in mind, there is no quote unquote drop safety and the firing pin in an AR is floating. So yes, has there been issues of guns that have been dropped setting off a round? Yes, that has happened. Uh, there's also been issues because uh, there is not a drop safety in the fire control group. So that's why I still recommend running the safety. It helps, you know, kind of keep things from moving. However, has there been issues? Yep. Uh, uh, one issue that I can think of in recent-ish history was with an altered fire control group where somebody went in and tried to do their own little trigger job. Uh, and basically when that gun got bumped at a match, sent around, and then once uh, I talked to the match director, we kind of talked about it, uh, basically that person did some sear polishing and a little bit too much. So then when that gun got bumped, I think they were climbing up a, a stage or a ladder or something like that. And uh sent around. And number one, they shouldn't have been moving with the round in the chamber. Uh, a lot of match rules basically have like unload by, by the time you're moving or whatever. So there was a couple of things, you know, didn't work out optimally, but uh, that was the issue there. And then uh, I have seen uh, basically an issue where uh, I was at a class, guy dropped a bolt, loading, 
boom, round goes uh, into the ground uh, because they had some sort of a firing pin issue. I can't remember if that was a broken firing pin or a broken cotter pin or, or what. I can't remember the exact thing. I might have to look through and talk to some people who were there. But uh, as soon as they literally hit the bolt release, bang. So that can happen too. So always keep that in mind as well. Uh, let's see what else we got. We have, uh, let me um, turn on do not disturb here as quick as well. So the joys, you always forget to do something when you go live. Like I said, guys, if you have a live streamer that you like and they do a really good job, show them some love because live streaming is a way harder than it looks. Like I love the fact that I don't have to edit this, but man, it is, uh, it is definitely harder than it looks. All right. This one is from Fred watching on Facebook. I've mounted my vortex on my SIG cross. What's the next step to, oh, the sights. I'm assuming you mean zero, uh, but basically what it would be is uh, zeroing is aligning our point of aim to our point of impact. Uh, I don't have a good video on how to zero a scope. I really should do that. That was on my how-to list. I have some on pistol red dots and stuff, but basically what you're going to do is you're going to go to the range, you're going to send around, and then you're going to start to make your adjustments. And keep in mind your adjustments on your scope or optic move the round. So for example, if you are clicking up, 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 that is going to move the impact up, 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 uh, so keep in mind, that's what that means. And that's kind of universal because some people are confused because they're like, oh, that you th they think they're going the opposite way and they'll turn the opposite. Uh, but the reality is if you're shooting low, like, let's just say you were aiming for here, you're hitting here, you would have to dial up, click, 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 click. And then that round impact should go up. But that's a good topic for like a how to is maybe, uh, you know, basically more of more of a, uh, a, a video like how to type thing. Uh, another comment. Comments are rolling in. This is great. Uh, DTOM American. Isn't that why military primers are harder to go off? That's part of the reason, as well as the compound um, for storage, as well as for like rugged handling and things like that. And then um, uh, I was talking to Johan from Federal ATK. and We were talking about different primers and things like that. And sometimes it's a materials issue. Uh, so sometimes like some of the materials that are used in that bulk thing just have a harder... Uh, metal or you know, it's not like a heat treat, but they just have different characteristics, if you will. And then uh, sometimes it is for that as well, which is why some of the surplus stuff uh, would also have harder primers and, you know, to prevent some of those issues as well. So yeah, that's probably a whole nother gun nerd episode. So that'd be a good one as well. Yeah, the comments are rolling in, guys. I got to make sure I get to the email questions here as well. Now, before I answer that, uh, I don't know if Dustin is watching yet, but one of the questions that Dustin often asks is what the beverage of the day is. And uh, that's just it. Now I'm going to have a quick beverage break and I'm going to be using my uh, Rainier. I don't know if this will focus or not. There it is. My Rainier glass here. I love these. These are really stout, by the way. I love everybody at Rainier. I have a great working relationship with Rainier. They're a supporter of the channel, obviously, because of my work with Rainier and stuff, but love these glasses. And you might be thinking, well, Dave, what is your beverage treat of the day? And you guys know that I love me. Hashtag not sponsored. I love, I got to hide my face because the camera's going to look for my face. I love me some pineapple Fanta, and you guys know that that's one of my favorite beverages. And you're thinking, man, that is a treat for you because I don't have it often. But oh, wait, it gets better. It's not just canned pineapple Fanta. Look what I found, guys. And I do have it literally on ice because I feel like this is the champagne of sodas. I have true real sugar imported Fanta in the bottle. Like, I cannot believe I was able to find this. This is going to be just a great treat. And I, uh, I bet you I do need a... Who says you need a bottle opener? A little ice in there. Enjoy a little bit of this Fanta. And let me tell you guys, man, I'm in the mood for a treat. Oh, it's so refreshing. So refreshing. 
my favorite soda. What's your favorite soda? Go ahead and leave a comment down below. Let me know what beverage you're enjoying. I did uh, have my cup of coffee when I was doing some show prep as well. But uh, let me know what you guys are, are drinking and uh, what your favorite beverage is. Kind of fun to interact. And uh, we'll keep answering some questions here. All right. This one is from Jason, who's watching on YouTube. Wanting to get a 300 blackout AR pistol. Is there a brand you recommend? Budget is about 2K. Uh, obviously, I love the Rainier Ruck, Bravo Company, uh, JP, Sons of Liberty, LMT. Um, you know, and I think those would all be in your budget. The JP might be a little over, but they do have some base model options, but you can definitely get some other stuff. Now, uh, it's going to be 300 black and pistols right now. Man, there are some good times to buy. Good times to buy. Go check out Rainier. And yes, Rainier does support the channel, sponsor, I work relationship, all that stuff. But um, we're going to be having some uh, specials and stuff. And there's a good chance that you'll like what you see, especially later this afternoon, like from Sons of Liberty and, and all that stuff too. So definitely check that out. And there's some good deals to be had right now. And there's a lot of companies, guys, just so you guys know. Uh, sadly, it is a, uh, it's a tough time for the firearm space right now. Like there's a lot of companies that are really struggling. Sales are way down. People are getting laid off. Uh, people are having to move around. I mean, there's a lot of things going on in the industry that make it really, really tough. So the industry could use your support any way, shape or form. So if, if you've been on the fence of wanting to buy something, please support your favorite dealers. Obviously I uh, would recommend Rainier, you know, um, hashtag not biased sarcasm alert filter on, but it, it's a tough time for the industry right now. And uh, I have friends who uh, are going through tough times. I, you know, friends have gotten laid off and it just kind of sucks because all that is going on and it's, uh, it always sucks, right? It just always sucks uh, to have to go through that. So, but that being said, uh, trying to be optimistic, if there's something you want to get, there's some good sales and deals to be had right now, you know, but please support those who uh, you appreciate whether that is uh, media creators as well, because a lot of creators that I'm talking to, their advertising income and sponsorship support is down because of companies uh, struggling. Uh, marketing budgets are getting cut, things like that. Uh, there's you know other people that are getting laid off. I mean, every little thing helps right now to help support this. So if you are sitting on some cash, number one, if you want to support the channel, you can give me a super thanks or a super chat, which would always be appreciated, or you can join the Patreon. But please support the industry right now. It could definitely use all the help uh, it could have. So that, uh, yeah, that's it. All right. Let's see here. All right. This one's from Jonathan watching via YouTube. Uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. Question. How often will an optic go out of zero? Is this common? Now it can happen. Uh, weather changes, ammunition changes, sometimes mechanical issues, things will shift or whatever can all cause zero to shift. However, the most common time that I see zero shift is from uh, travel. Like there, I haven't had it very often, but when I travel, uh, especially when I'm teaching, I have a hard case and Lord only knows what the baggage uh, handlers do to that hard case. They see a big, heavy, hard case with padlocks and stuff. Uh, and I am not assuming all baggage handlers, but like the scuffs and the dents that are on that case from when I first started traveling to what are now like. Yeah, luggage has a hard, hard life. Uh, so that's why I always try to zero quick when I go to a class and I have had some shifts. So sometimes that can happen. Uh, mechanically, things can happen. We have springs and detents, right? So in riding on a slide, there's a lot of G forces and that kind of thing. So sometimes it happens. So I try to check zero relatively often. Now, the biggest variable, obviously, is usually the person pulling the trigger. And I know everybody doesn't like to hear that, but that's that's reality. Not everybody is good at zeroing a pistol red dot so or any optic for that matter so we want to make sure we get solid and uh, try to maintain that but 
um, you know, things can happen, right? And it's not even just necessarily impact where the scope mechanically shifts, but maybe something, you know, the mount shifts, we have screws that loosen up and then we have to retorque. Um, we have plates that loosen up. We have to retorque all that stuff really does happen, especially in the pistol pistol space. So, yeah, uh, this is all right. Fred says, thank you. I appreciate that. Appreciate uh, you watching. And, uh, oh, Dustin is here. Dustin, what beverage are you enjoying for lunch? I'm, I don't know if you saw, but I had the bottled pineapple Fanta, which is just, oh, it is so good. It's so good. Like I just, mm, yeah, I can. Um, yeah, I can actually for a road trip, I can uh, save it. I did happen to buy a lot when I saw these at the store. So I was in Iowa. Oh, hang on. Let me put this back on ice here, fellas. This is tough to do one-handed. There we go. Uh, so I had to go to Iowa, um, teach a class. I taught a red dot handgun instructor class, got an awesome class full of dudes. Um, and one lady, uh, and it was awesome. Everybody was eager. Everybody wanted to learn. And I had to stop by the local Walmart, um, just outside of Des Moines. I was looking to get a couple things for uh, my stay. Cause every time I'm on the road, you know, you forget something, whatever. And I saw that they had the cans of pineapple Fanta. So I like to get these when I can for the kiddos especially when I'm driving. And then I saw these and I, uh, I bought like probably eight and they're going quick. Cause once my kids find them, uh, I got to watch out, but I'm trying to keep these stashed. So I will save some. Otherwise, when we make our Iowa trip, uh, I'll definitely do that. Now, maybe they're down in Wichita. Cause I got to go down to Wichita for that's right. Trigger con September 22nd through the 24th. If you're listening and you want a free ticket, hit me up, send me an email. I'll hook you up. Uh, and if you're going to come to trigger con, you have to use these tickets cause they're numbered and they come out of my paycheck. So you have to use them, have to, have to, have to use them. But anyways, come to TriggerCon, and I'm going to see if we have any down there as well. But that is, that is that. Uh, all right. Sending my love. Oh, yeah. Art, and I, I'm going to answer your question. I even brought my iPro on the show to talk about because uh, that. And speaking of which, Art, uh, Global uh, is sending you your prize. Uh, but they were out of Florida, and they had some delays due to the hurricanes and stuff. But they are going to be sending stuff out for our winners, which uh, is super awesome of Global. They are a big supporter of the show. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Sig Sauer MCX Spear. Yeah, that's always a classic. That is a classic. Uh, all right. Rage Dead Inside. Who makes the best AR? Oh, man. Oh, man. We're going to table that uh, because here's what I would like you to do is I'd like you to, to give me a little bit of context because that is like saying who makes the best truck. And it does kind of depend on what we're going to be using that truck for or what size of truck. Uh because there are a little bit different uses, but if I had to pick just one, I can tell you about that. Like, and that's actually a video I wanted to do. And I, ironically, I was inspired by another channel. I can't remember who it was, uh, but I went down this rabbit hole of um, axes, <laughs> literally like wood. I had to split some wood the other day and I was like, man, I need a new ax. And uh, I saw somebody's like, he was an outdoors channel or whatever. And it's like, if I had to pick one ax and he's showing me his collection of axes, which is kind of like probably my collection of 2011s or ARs or whatever. And it's a very beautiful collection, like handmade axes, custom axes, production axes. And then he went into why he would pick just this one. So if I could do something like that with an AR or a handgun for that matter, if I had to pick just one. So give me a little context and I want to make sure I, I help you out there. So uh, Rage please do that for me. And then I got to get to some uh, email questions here as well. And uh, let's see, Art, uh, any thoughts on magnifying prism optics? With my astigmatism, I think prism is the way to go. And I'm wondering how possible it is to use a 1X with a magnifier. Uh, I have not used a prism optic with a magnifier. However, I do know there are some solutions in the works. I was talking to one optic company who's looking to come out with a new 
prism optic that's going to have some pretty rad illumination. So that might be worth kind of waiting a little bit for if you're not in a hurry. Uh, or like the LPVO is a way to go. And honestly, like where I'm at, I had a EOTech with a magnifier and it's nice. Don't get me wrong. I got it because a lot of people are running it and I kind of wanted to check it out again and revisit it because back in the day, I was not a huge fan of magnifiers. We had the, you know, the mounts that went off to the side. Well, now with the unity mount that goes up and down, it's pretty cool. But here's what I found is that with the weight and the bulk, uh, I still probably would rather have a good, simple one to four versus a red dot and a three X magnifier. Uh, that's just me. Um, and my go-to sweetheart of a one to four, I know I'll get made fun of for this is still the Trigicon TR24 with the big old bright green triangle. I don't have to worry about batteries. I don't have to worry about turning it on. I don't have to worry about forgetting to turn it off. The glass is good. The eye relief is amazing. The field of view is really, really good. Um, the eye box is amazing and it is, uh, just a genuinely great LPVO. So I would really check out one of those. And by the time you add the price of your mounts and your magnifiers and everything else, uh, now the downside is using an LPVO with night vision is kind of crappy, right? So like when I was testing it out, I would be using night vision passive through the EOTech. And then when I was running daylight, you could use the magnifier and all that other stuff. So there's always pros and cons, but let's be realistic. Like what is realistic for your scenario and uh, go from there. So white monster energy. I like it. I like it. I was having some peach monster energies the other day. They were pretty good. Uh, looking at the Smith and Wesson five, five, seven, uh, the cost of, yeah, the cost of ammo does kind of suck. If that's what you're referring to, I actually don't have a five, seven gun. Can you believe that? And I just don't have a, a need for it. I think it'd be cool. I've shot them at shows and things like that. And it's kind of cool. So, but uh, the Smith and Wesson, I mean, obviously there's other options out too. So it's kind of cool. And obviously I've shot P90s and all that, but I actually don't own one. That's just kind of one thing I haven't gone down. Uh, all right. This is from Christopher watching via YouTube. 507C set to auto brightness. Which setting, auto or manual, is best for EDC indoor Arctic? Oh my gosh. We cover this in my class, actually. I like manual setting. Uh, I don't like auto because sometimes you can get washout. Sometimes it doesn't react quick enough, all that other stuff. So my opinion, what I do is I will turn my dots all the way up to like nuclear bright, as bright as they will go. And then I'll turn it down about two or three clicks. And that is generally my sweet spot. Uh, in the sun, I can still see it in the dark. It might be a hair too bright, but I can, you know, overcome that with white light. And Worst case, I'm only a click or two away from making an adjustment then. So it's never going to be too bright or too dark on that kind of sweet spot setting. Whereas sometimes auto isn't bright enough for me uh, or it gets too dim. So I, I just generally don't like auto. Uh, and some of the optics that have auto only like the SCS from Holosun, what I love is that the very first SCS that I got was a pre-production sample and it was auto only. Well, now they added that override mode. So like if you're out in the bright sun and you need a nuclear bright mode, you hit the button, boom, it overcomes that. So you don't get washout, which is awesome. Like once they added that, that made that dot like 10 times more better in my book. Like it went way up to the point where, uh, I'm even starting to see the SCSs in classes now and law enforcement classes. And I, I will argue that that's probably not the best duty optic, but I know agencies are going to do it because they're being sold it because it's a simple solution of like, take your plate off, put this on. So I have to be aware that there are agencies that don't always make the best gear choices. Like I'd rather have a 508 or RMR HD or whatever, but uh, the SCS is starting to be out there and they've been holding up and that override mode is a really, really good, good mode. So that's a good question. Uh, this is from Rich B, also watching via YouTube. What advantages does the 5.7 uh, have over 22 mag uh, or 22 LR? Well, obviously 22 LR, you can't really compare 
A lot of people have tried to compare that to, oh, it's just like a glorified 22 Magnum. And I do think there are differences. Obviously, I think the quality control is better. The accuracy is better because with 22 mag, we still don't have like match grade ammo, things like that. So we do have better production ammo going into the 5.7. Uh, we do have more reliable primer compounds and uh, ignition because it's not rimfire round. Uh, so there's all of those benefits that go into a center fire versus a rimfire. Plus, we're starting to see more versatility with different loads and development. So I don't think it's uh, it's a cool evolution, if you will, but it's not the same. It's not apples to apples. So it does offer a lot of benefits. You can you know get better quality ammunition. You can get different purpose ammunition. Uh, and as far as price, that's the downside of it, right? You know, it's it just sucks because it's kind of expensive and it's not mainstream. Like you're not going to be able to go to any sporting goods store and find that. Uh, they might only have a box or two, whereas some of the other calibers out there, you can find boxes and boxes and boxes. It's kind of like back in the day when I was selecting a deer rifle uh, when I used to deer hunt like a long time ago. I better not touch that. I'm trying to adjust this a little. Uh, I remember like my grandpa would say, you know, get a 30 odd six. The cool thing is, is you can stop at any gas station in Northern Minnesota or Wisconsin or whatever, and they're going to have a box of 30 odd six. Now I ended up not buying a 30 odd six, but at the time he was right. Every little gas station, sporting goods store, mom and pop shop that I went to when, you know, I was in high school, uh, every single store would have 30 odd six ammo. So you never had to worry about it. Whereas they didn't always have Remington Magnum. They didn't always have, you know, whatever wildcat, you know, like some weird weatherby thing they wouldn't have. So that, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of some of there. So let me get to some email questions here, and then we'll hop on back to comments. And it looks like we have about a couple dozen people watching, which is great. But before I do, I'm going to take a little beverage break, and uh, let's uh, let's see just what happens if this works. I don't know if it's going to work or not. Global Ordnance is an amazing sponsor of the channel. They take care of ammunition needs literally all over the world. They are like the prestige worldwide of the ammunition space. That's right. They have all of the staples that you know and love. Your mainstay calibers, your everyday training ammo, your practice ammo, your competition ammo. Plus, they also have a variety of hunting loads, self-defense loads, target loads. You name it, they have it, and they're getting it at good prices from quality factories, manufacturers, and sources. They have their own branded stuff that you're only going to find at Global. They have the mainstay staples that you love that you get from everywhere else at competitive pricing. Plus, if you check the show code in the description below, we'll have free shipping once we get the show notes up. But free shipping for anything, even big, heavy case quantities. That's right. If you order a bunch, it's heavy. It's big. A lot of places want to charge you expensive shipping rates, not at Global Ordnance. Use my code, get free shipping. Thanks to our friends at Global Ordnance. All right. Did that work? Was that pretty cool? I, uh, I tried to pre-record some segments so I could have a beverage break and also get my sponsor plugs in. So uh, I'm taking some tricks from some other streamers because I noticed that they do stuff like that. So uh, hopefully that worked all right. But again, huge thanks to Global Ordinance. I will have a code uh, in the show notes later that gives you guys free shipping for uh, orders over a certain amount. But that, if you make your case quantities and, and all that stuff, it uh, definitely works out. So uh <laughs> They might, they might just sponsor the Catalina wine mixer. I could probably talk to them. I know they're sponsoring a lot of things, so they're good people. They leg legitimately are good people. All right, let me uh, go ahead and answer some email questions here quick. Uh, this one is from Kevin. Kevin, this came in uh, end of July, so I think we're there. Uh, are there any accepted non-smelly and non-carcinogenic uh, gun cleaning products? Yes, there is. And, uh, and then your other question is, is there any gunsmithing courses that cover the topic of diagnosing firearms problems based on the operating cycle? Yes. First question, <clears throat> excuse me, Slip 2000, love their stuff. Uh, I Hopefully I can show a Slip 2000 on the, on the channel. 
I mean, this is a, not a live stream violation, but like they're carbon killer. Uh, this stuff right here, I got to hide my face. Come on, focus. There we go. Slip 2000 carbon killer, uh, non-toxic, non-hazardous, non-flammable, biodegradable, and orange scented, not pineapple, but orange. So I'll give them a good, good effort there. But I love this stuff for carbon AR maintenance, all that stuff. And then their lubes. Uh, they are petroleum based or whatever, but they are non-smelly, non-toxic, and their Slip 2000 725 cleaner degreaser is also a water-based. I use that in my ultrasonic cleaners. So, uh, and Slip does send me stuff. I'm not going to like lie. They're, they're not a sponsor. They don't pay me money, but every time I've reached out to them and said, hey, can I get some more cleaner? Can I get some lube? I want to use it in videos. They always hook me up with a box of stuff. So take that for what it is. But I was using their stuff before I asked for their support, and they used to provide samples for my training classes. Uh, in fact, a lot of my students would joke, like, oh, more Slip 2000 stuff. But they were a huge supporter of me then, but I just really do genuinely like their products. So Slip 2000 uh, is generally what I use for my lubricant, cleaning, everything like that. Uh, if Slip makes it, I try to use it. That's a really good question. And then your other class, um, I've been through some really, really good armors classes. And uh, yes, the armors classes that I've gone through from guys like uh, Sully uh, at Defensive Edge, uh, some of the staccato stuff or Hilton Yam, his 1911-2011 course, they go through diagnose, uh, diagnosing issues, function checks, what to look for, the eight cycles of operation. A lot of people only know the four, uh, which is feed, fire, extract, eject. Those are the basic four, whereas in the armor gunsmithing world, we add another four, uh, which is, jeez, uh, now I'm going <laughs> to... Now I'm going to have my, uh, my brain fart. Oh, uh, chambering. We add chambering after feeding. Uh, we have locking, unlocking, and cocking are the other four that we add into that mix. So then we have the eight cycles of operation. So we kind of diagnose it a little bit more. So yes, it might have fed, but did it chamber? And then did it lock? And then did it fire? Did it unlock? Did it extract? Did it eject? Is it cocking properly? So we kind of get into it a little bit more and we start to look at some of the other components of that. And that's all in a good quality armors course. So like uh, I actually just had a call this morning. I might be teaching an armors course in um, in the spring. It'd be a LE contract one. But we were kind of talking about like what makes my course different from some of the other people. And uh, I kind of gun nerd out over some of that stuff. So Kevin, uh, great, great question. Kevin, uh, great question there. All right. Uh, as someone who is tight with Holosun, I am, I don't know if I would say I'm tight, but I have a good relationship with them. What are your thoughts about the Vulcan reticle used in training and vocational use? Um, Demetria has come up with some great stuff. I think that was the main question. I, I like the Vulcan reticle. And for those of you guys that aren't aware, the Vulcan reticle is this huge ring that when the dot, when you're looking through the window, you only see the dot. But when you're starting to come down, you see this huge halo. So you know that, okay, I have to come low. Or if you start to see it coming in from the left or right or whatever. So it's a great training aid. Now, it's kind of like training wheels in a way uh, in that once you have your presentation down, you don't need it. And a lot of people struggle with finding the dot. That's no lie. Like when I teach my classes, I tell people, here's your three struggles that either you are going to experience or in my instructor classes, how to teach because your students are going to experience that's finding the dot, tracking the dot, i.e. you lost it after your shot, and then just generally reducing dot movement because they'll be like, ah, it's moving around so much. So those are the three struggles, finding the dot, tracking the dot, reducing dot movement is what I teach. That's kind of my curriculum, if you will. And uh, the Vulcan can help with all of those things as well. Now, once you have your presentation down and everything like that, you are not finding the dot until the very end where it's just like, boom, because of another term that I use is the funnel of visibility. And we can maybe make another video about that. But I feel like I've talked about some of this before, so I'm probably boring some of you. But yeah, really good question. Um, this one is another one. 
Uh, this one's from Mitchell. While removing an arrow handguard, one of the screws stripped out. What's your advice on how to protect and preserve the handguard? Sacrificing a $40 barrel nut is acceptable if the upper and handguard can be recovered on damaged. I do have access to a drill press. So, uh, and I don't think you, Mitchell, sent a quest or a photo. But uh, basically what the general rule of gunsmithing is, one of my mentor gunsmiths told me, is that you uh, also always follow these rules. Number one. If you have to destroy something or sacrifice something, always destroy the cheapest part. So for example, it might be the screw or the barrel nut, right? That's the cheapest part. If it's not the cheapest part, it's the most easily replaceable part. So for example, let's say you, I don't work on antique guns, but if you were working on an antique gun and the cheapest part would be widget A, but widget A is not available. You cannot get widget A, but widget B, even though it's more expensive is available, that's then what you have to shift, right? So it has to be cheapness and then availability, maybe even sometimes first, right? If you can't get it, you have to check that. Uh, but with those small screws, there are uh, broken screw extractors that are really tiny. Um, there are some gunsmithing tips uh, to where sometimes we are able to use different bits to try to recover that. Or like on some screws, I've actually even went in and I've kind of made a little slot where I was able to then use a flathead or I was able to have to drill off the head, try to relieve the torque and then use a vice grip or pliers and remove it that way. Uh, worst case, you sometimes have to drill it out and, you know, fix it. You know, that's like the worst case scenario. I know if some gunsmiths, uh, guys who are really talented, they'll actually re-weld a little head on the broken screw and then use that way. And I'm not that good. I'm not that good of a welder. So I don't use that technique. But uh, yeah, good questions. Always try to re uh, remove or replace the cheapest the cheapest part. Uh, let me just catch up on one more email question. Then we'll get back to the comments. And I know, Kevin, you have a few in here. But uh, this one's from Art. Art. Uh, you might have seen the floods on the Echelon. We talked about that uh, and how their frame was built with a gas pedal. So something we talked about. Um, and I have not shot an Echelon. Those of you guys that know and watch the channel know that Springfield may or may not be my biggest fan because of uh, my review of the Prodigy, maybe. my When I first got my Prodigy, I did not have good success and I published the video 100% honest. Now, of course, the internet was like, Dave, you're a shill because at that time, I had a relationship with Staccato and I've talked about this in the show, but I had a relationship and I disclosed that because I'm trying to be honest with everybody. And they're like, of course you don't like it. You're a Staccato fanboy and blah, blah, blah. Well, that prodigy was not good. I fixed it. I did a video. I did a follow-up video and I said, here's what I like about it, you know, but never was good enough. But since then, Springfield has only sent me press releases uh, and I don't know if they'll ever send me a gun or whatever. I'll probably buy an echelon to check out someday, but that's just what it is. The other part of your question though, Art, was your iPro. Uh, what iPro do I like? And I'm telling you guys, and if you've ever seen me in all of my videos, in all of my classes, uh, I generally have these cause they're green and they're awesome, but these are my Rudy projects. Uh, they are ride-ons and I do have a code for loyal listeners and Patreon supporters or whatever, but man, these look stylish, don't they? The green, everything else. Now these are my adjusting lenses but they do make polarized lenses. They make clears, they make different tints or whatever. So you can easily uh, pop the lenses out. And these are prescription ones. These are the first set of prescription glasses I've ever had. I take that back. I might've had a set of readers in like seventh grade that I hated and never wore again, but these are actually prescription for my astigmatism. They really crispen up the dot for me when I'm shooting red dot handgun optics, but I love these glasses. Um, it's not a polycarbonate, it's a polyurethane. So it's a little bit um, based, it's more durable. They're flexible. They don't shatter. And then here's what's really cool is the materials that they use in the earpieces and the nose pieces. It's bendable. So if you wanted to keep it to retain, 
I keep mine like this because I wear it under my ear pro, but the nose piece, let me uh, zoom in just a little. The nose piece is the same thing. You can adjust the height of the optic by just adjusting the nose piece up, down, left, right, you know, whatever. Maybe you got a crooked nose. Maybe um, you had an injury or something like that. You can adjust the earpieces and then the interchangeable lenses. I'm telling you, like these are my eye pro of choice. And I do have a code. Uh, either send me a message or Patreon supporters already get it. Uh, and I can get it to you. It's like 35% off, including prescription. So it's a really, really substantial code that Rudy does. And I don't make any money. They don't pay me or whatever. Uh, they just help out students and viewers and stuff. But man, I absolutely love Rudy Project. Uh, I love these ride-ons. They ride well underneath my ear pro with my um, Noise Fighters gel cups on my ear pro, which Neil and Noise Fighters, awesome dude. They make really good products. Uh, love, 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 love. Can't say enough good things about Rudy Projects. So hopefully, Art, that answers your question. I uh, I do appreciate it, and I apologize I missed that. Um, another one from Kevin about water-based. Yeah, we already talked about that. Um, why do we have to be careful? Why do mentoring police instructors say that police instructors have to be careful while crossing over to teach civilians? Why not teach, you know, whatever, be safe, dignity? Uh, I don't know if it's about that. And again, Kevin, you have some really unique training experiences that I have never seen or never had. Um so like some of the, you know, instructors that you've had as far as like how they shame people and things like that. I just, uh, I've had it, at a, I've seen it at a couple places where I've been to a class and the instructor, I was a student at the class, but somebody else was maybe shooting a little hard, uh, hard, hard, hard time. And the instructor was like, and you're a firearms instructor, huh? And they kind of said it jokingly, but it's kind of like, dude, that's kind of a dick move, you know, and I don't appreciate that. I never do that. Uh, I don't like to be taught like that. So why would I ever want to teach like that? But you have some uh, experiences that have just been poor and I apologize for that. But I think part of the reason for that is because uh, sometimes we have to know our lane too. So like when I talk to cop instructors and they're like, yeah, I want to get into this. And it's like, you have to know your lane. Uh, everybody does. And same thing like with military, if they come over and teach LE, there's certain things that don't always cross over. There's commonalities. I've taught military classes or military personnel in my classes and stuff. And I tell them like, Hey, this is my lane. I'm not going to teach you how to engage some whatever in Fallujah. Cause I've never been there. You know, uh, I was a small town street cop. So, uh, and same thing with civilian stuff because rules of engagement are a little different. Tactics might be a little different. Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I think some of it is with some of those issues as well. Uh, I think that was on that email, Kevin. Um, yeah. So let's just see here. I, again, you've sent a few emails, so I know I'm probably not going to be able to get to them all. Uh, one question you did have on monovision is I think that one might be good for me to bring my eye doctor friend on the show. And maybe we'll do another live live stream with him where you can ask an eye doctor all of your shooting questions. So, all right, let's take a look here. Uh, I think we were at this King Dingling. I uh, used to be against my red dots, but after picking one up on sale for Masticado, I have so changed my mind. Yeah, 509 is a great optic. I agree, man. They are the way to go. I love red dots. You guys know that about me. Have I tried out the new Romeo X? No, uh, I haven't. I have the Romeo. What? Oh, crap. I always get all their numbers and everything mixed up, but I've not tried the new X. I'd like to. You should send me some pictures because uh, you have something I don't have. I don't have a Romeo X. And then last question. How many magazines is a good number to have for a handgun? I currently have a 365 macro with seven magazines. Yeah, that's totally good. My, I don't know what it is, but for me, I like to have six magazines for everything. And partly because I'm going to do a video on magazine storage. And I, I, for, I don't know how you guys do it, but like I've, as I've accumulated more stuff, I just would have a box of magazines. And then basically what I would do is I'd have to like search through the box and grab a few, put them in the range bag with the gun. And it was just a pain, right? Now I tried to get common guns. Like for a while when I was shooting Glocks, 
everything could run a Glock 17 meg. So whether I grabbed the 34, a 17, a 45, a 19, whatever, they would all take that one magazine and I would have, I'm not kidding you, I have probably 60 Glock 17 round magazines and I would load them all before a class, load them up in my ammo can, and I would just go through all these Glock magazines. Well, then once I started to get into staccato, um, you know, I started to bulk up on those. I don't have nearly that many. I probably have 25, maybe 30. I don't know. I'd have to count them. But I want to get more organized. So now that I'm getting into the and Western DWX, the SIG P320, a CZ75, a 365 Macro, a blah, 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 blah. I'm trying to organize my magazines better. And I have found a solution that works really well for me. I'll make a video about it. But basically, I have these little magazine caddies, and they hold six magazines. So therefore, I try to buy in multiples of six for every gun that I have. And that way, when I grab that gun, I put that gun in my range bag because I have little spots for it or it goes in a holster. And then I grab that little mag caddy for magazines for that gun, throw that in the range bag and I'm done. Uh, now for guns that I shoot higher volume with, or if I go to classes, uh, I try to preload as many magazines as I can. Then I will again, buy quantities of six or I'll have them in bulk in an ammo can, that kind of thing. So really good question. Um, I thought I had one of the magazine caddies around and I don't. Uh, I know some guys, they'll have a little case uh, and it'll have the case for the gun and the mags or the cases that come with guns. Uh, and I, I just, I can't keep track of all those cases. They're different sizes. So they don't always stack well. They don't always fit well. And some of the cases are super nice. Like uh, save your gear, man, the cases that they're OEMing for people like Nighthawk and Voodoo, um, a lot of different companies, like it's really nice cases. I feel bad throwing those cases to the side, but it just doesn't work for my system, even though they're super nice cases. So I get that a lot of people see value in that. But for me, dude, just ship me the gun in a baggie and a cardboard box and save me the money. And I know I feel bad for saying that, but that's how I roll. But I, I know I'm not like that. Uh, all right, Dave, have you tried out the Matador Arms MAT-9? I was thinking about the viability of that for an iMiller PCC rather than getting dedicated. Um, they're going to be at TriggerCon. And I'll shoot one there because I don't know if I have or not. So I'd like to wait a minute. Is Matador, is that the one that uh, it's an upper and it goes on different different PCC lowers? Like you can get uh, like a Scorpion version or whatever. Is that the Matador I'm thinking of? Uh, I think that might be it. But anyways, I know they're going to be at TriggerCon. I'm pretty sure they're going to be at TriggerCon. I should double check and uh, I will check it out. So speaking of which, let's give a shout out uh, to TriggerCon. I think I'm caught up on comments right now. Uh, at a, yeah, no, we're caught up on comments. So TriggerCon's coming up. You can check out the website, go to TriggerCon.com. You can get tickets. However, if somebody here makes a comment and says, Dave, I am going to go, I want to go. I'll hook you up with some tickets. Got to leave a comment though. All right. Right. Gotta email me or do something, but I'll get you some tickets. Make the road trip down to Wichita or as some people pronounce it, Wichita. If you're watching from Wichita, I know that's not true. It's just a joke, but somebody did call it Wichita and it was pretty funny. So that's kind of an industry joke now. But anyways, Wichita, Kansas, they're going to be there. And man, some of these names that are coming to the show, we have 21st Tech, we have AccuTech, Align, uh, Axel, Barrett, Beretta, Black Rain. I'm not even naming all of them. Continuous Precision, uh, Custom Night Vision, CZ, and Dan Wesson, Daniel Defense, Dead Air, 1110, EAA, uh, G9, GBRS Group, uh, Gearhead Works, Genesis, Gideon Optics, Global Ordnance, of course. Uh, we have some great nonprofits. Uh, HK, 
Hyperfire Holosun, Huxworks Hikon. I mean, the list goes on and on. Like uh, Matator Arms, Maxim, Magpoles having a huge lounge, Next Level Armament, Nighthawk, Night Fission, Nomad Defense, Subsidian Oracle. They'll have the new 2011, the 2311s there. Voodoo Gunworks, Rainier, Rifle Speed, Sig Sauer, Staccato is going to be there. Timney, Trigger Tech, Trigger Interactive, and the list goes on and on. Voodoo, Zeiss, Wooks. I mean, literally, it's going to be an awesome show. I cannot wait for TriggerCon. And if you guys are going to be there, come meet with me, hang out. There's going to be a media mixture party. Uh, there's a VIP party you can go to as a fundraiser. TriggerCon is just going to be a, uh, a a good time. Got to go, but nice show. Uh, thanks, Rusty. Appreciate you checking in, man. Catch you later. All right, so that's my shout out for TriggerCon. Uh, let's take a look here. Let's Art, uh, the Matator. And then Art has another question. Any thoughts on the AK-47 in regards to viability? I wonder how great of a platform it is now considering how much ammo prices have rised. Uh, the AK is still rock solid. Like I, um, I'll have a video. It's probably going to be a couple months, but I do have one of the AR AKs or AKAR from Palmetto State where it's a 5.56 AK, but it takes AR mags. And I think that's a pretty cool gun. So I'm looking forward to uh, making the video on that. I've shot it and it's pretty fun. Uh, so there is some crossover that we're starting to see, but the AK is a reliable platform. And the cool part about it, it was when you could buy ammo cheap, stack it deep, whether it be 545 or 762 by 39. But yeah, it, it's changing, right? Ammunition's changing with the import laws and all that stuff. But our friends at Global Ordnance have good deals on ammo. So just saying, just saying, if you got an AK and you defeat it, the Global Ordnance. All right. When you fly with guns, do you find that a particular airline's easier? Uh, I only fly Delta generally right now because of where I live. My regional airport is a Delta, uh, you know, not a hub. That's that's what, what a big airport is. But my regional airport uses uh, Delta contract connections. So I'm in Minnesota. My regional airport is all Delta. So I have to take that if I want to fly out of my regional and then I uh, connect out of MSP, Minneapolis. So I fly Delta and I've gotten my local airport really, really well trained. Like they see me rolling in with my big heavy case and they're like, oh, it's this guy again. How heavy is it now? And we joke around and chuckle. And I was like, what's the weight limit? They're like 70 pounds. And I was like, it's 69.9 pounds. And usually it's pretty dang close. Uh, but they're pretty awesome. Uh, and now most airports have scanners and stuff. Most airlines are pretty good about it. The only time that I get crap is when I travel, I have a big hard case and I'll, I'll, I need to do an updated video on what's in my range, but that'll be a good winter topic. I try to do shop videos because I can't get outside and I know the content hasn't been as, as much guys. I, I want to get more range time videos and stuff in, but the job has just, it's, it's super hectic. Uh, but I try to fly with this big case and I have multiple guns in it and I also have a lot of other gear. And then usually the crap that I'll get is at an airport is like, oh yeah, the guns need to be in their own locked case. And I was like, yes, this whole thing is the case. There is multiple guns. Nope. Each gun needs to be in its own locked case in your luggage. I was like, no, the whole thing is my locked case. Then sometimes I have to have a supervisor come over and I say, yes, there is multiple guns in this. The whole thing is my locked case. I have locks. It cannot open. It's compliant. It's not a TSA lock, blah, blah, blah. And then usually they're like, yeah, that's fine. Yep. Sign the thing. But some of them don't like the fact that I put other stuff in that case that's locked as well. Uh, but it works out well because I can travel with body armor, tools, ammo, optics, props, you know, whatever. And it all goes in that locked case. So I at least have that. So that's, that's pretty nice. So I do like flying in regards with, uh, with that way. Uh, yes. Stealth arms is working on a 320 platypus. I, I want to see it. Uh, I'm curious to see what it, what it looks like. Now my platypus with the Glock mags is on order. I can't wait to get that. I think that's going to be a gun and it felt so good at NRA. 
really, really packed above its its price point. So I'm looking forward to that that as well. Uh, let's uh, take a quick beverage break, and I'm gonna give a shout out to guess who? That's right, Global Ordnance. Huge thanks again to Global Ordnance. Again, I can't do it without them. They supply all of the ammunition that I use in my videos, for reviews, for content, whatever it might be. If you see me shooting a firearm on my uh, videos and my reviews and my training classes, uh, ranges, all whatever, it is from my friends at Global Ordnance. Now, they take care of everybody, and they're going to take care of you and hook you up with a free shipping code thanks to their partnership with me. So if you check the show description notes, there'll be a code on there for free shipping. Plus they have really awesome sales and prices. So if you order a bunch, those heavy case quantities that a lot of people want to charge you a lot of money for shipping for, bam, my code is going to offer you free shipping no matter how much. They'll take good care of you, fast shipping, good quality ammo, variety of products, the mainstay calibers that you need for training and practice, but the more expensive exotic stuff that you might need for uh, maybe a specific competition or a hunting trip or anything like that, they're going to have it. They have all sorts of good ammo from the brands that you know and love. Global Ordnance is going to take good care of you guys with, again, that free shipping code. That's all true. That's all true. What do you guys think of the audio? Is it too cheesy or is it okay? Because I like giving myself a little bit of a beverage break. Sorry. Oop, the coaster got caught there. Just saying. It's a little selfish, but sorry. It is what it is. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Art, this may be a hard question. Ooh, challenge accepted. Uh, have you heard of a 1911, 2011, have a magazine disconnect? California. Oh, California sucks. Sorry to hear that, man. I know California sucks. Uh, not allowing guns to join the roster if they don't have a loaded chamber indicator, mag disconnect. Now, I believe there might be a case in the works in the appellate court that is uh, challenging the California roster. Uh, in particular, parts of it, like the micro stamping. Because they're like, well, what's the effectiveness and the common use of this or whatever? Now, the argument might be, is only parts of the roster requirements going to go away or are they going to do away with the roster completely? And that's the big question. I am not aware of a 2011 that has a magazine disconnect. Uh, I feel like there was a 1911. I can't remember who it was. It wasn't Colt. Hmm. Man, that's going to be tough. Uh, the loaded chamber indicator, uh, a lot of them are just doing the little you know, cut in the barrel to get around that loaded chamber indicator. Uh, but I'm not aware of anybody that's doing a mag disconnect. So that would be the challenge. I'll have to do some homework. Uh, I did get questions all the time on like a left-handed mag release for a 1911 or a 2011. And now Masterpiece Arms has a left-hand release. So all the uh, left-handed shooters out there, you can have the mag release on the right side of the gun thanks to Masterpiece Arms. So I do want to check out one of those. I'm not going to use it uh, as I'm not a left-handed shooter, but I know there's a lot of people out there. So uh, I do know art other people in California, how they're getting 2011s is obviously they're buying them used from uh, the people who can buy off the roster. You know who it is. I can't, I don't want to throw them under the bus, but I know there are dudes who can buy these off the roster and then they can sell them. And that's kind of the loophole, but unfortunately you pay way more money and uh, all that other stuff. Cause I hear there's quite a markup. So that's kind of the downside with that. Guys, we're caught up on comments. This is great. Uh, let me just double check emails. And uh, we still have a, a few people rolling in. Uh, now, selfish plug here. If you guys can support the channel, a super chat or a super thanks is always helpful. Appreciate any support you guys can do. Or you can join the Patreon network. Uh, that's always a great way too. All right. Now, uh, Kevin had another one. Uh, is there a way for someone that is respected in the training community to pose the now what question to students when it comes to concealed carry citizens pulling a gun in a conflict situation? Yeah, I think that happens a lot. I've seen a lot of 
force-on-force classes. Like I know the guys at Rainier at the Firearms Academy, when they do their force-on-force, they ask the now what questions and things. And there's a lot of other really good trainers, uh, especially when they're doing force-on-force and scenario stuff like UTM, sim rounds, airsoft classes, that kind of thing where they're doing scenario-based training. I know that a lot of times they they will ask those now what questions and things like that. So there's definitely some stuff. Monovision we talked about. Uh, oh, I got a spam email that Fiji Water wants to sponsor. No, they don't. Uh, let's see here. One more. Um, uh, this is from Mitchell. Uh, Barrel and Hatchet just did a video about closed emitter pistol optics breaking more often. It was not brand specific. They threw them all under the bus. I skimmed through that video after you sent this because I was not familiar with that video. Uh, but it... Uh, it's a different mounting solution, right? It's a cross bolt and that cross bolt is generally thinner. So have I seen some of those cross bolts break? Yes. Uh, but I've seen it happen on a variety. So is a closed emitter the do all be all of pistol optics? No, because there's some cons to that. Uh, for example, we're starting to see one very, very reputable. I'll just say it. We're starting to see some aim points have fogging issues. And as that has that issue, that optic is done, right? It has to go back to the factory to get repurged, resealed, all that stuff. So with an open emitter optic, if it fogs, you can wipe it off. You can do whatever. So again, there's no con, there's no free lunch. There's pros and cons to everything. Uh, and I just did the RMR HD first look video a little bit ago. That's a sweet open emitter optic. The 508 from Holosun's awesome open emitter optic. Uh, awesome closed emitter is, I still like the P2. However, I look at more innovative stuff like the SCS320, the EPS from Holosun, uh, even the 509 is a workhorse, you know, in a way, and I've had good experiences with all of those. So definitely, uh, definitely things to think about. So definitely things to think about. Uh, let's make sure we're caught up on comments. Uh, we are caught up on comments, so it might be time to give away stuff here. I just want to make sure we're caught up on emails. Is there anything I want to talk about? Like I, I want to rant about in the industry? I can't think of anything other than obviously come to TriggerCon. Um, Kevin's making some cutaways. Kevin, maybe I don't really, if you can make me a cutaway staccato, that'd be pretty sweet. Uh, I'm, I, I think I might even have a 17 R like the resetting Glock around here. Some of that I was probably going to get rid of, uh, because I just don't do a lot of Glock classes and stuff anymore. Although maybe, I don't know for, for some LE stuff, it might be, uh, man, it might be interesting. So if you, I don't know if you're cutting some up and you want to give one away, maybe we could work on that. I don't, I don't know. Um, uh, Wayne asked about backup sites, and I did talk about a lot about that. I replied to you, so Night Fission or Ameriglow, and uh, I think then we're caught up on emails and comments. Holy cow, this might be a show that we're going to get done in under an hour because I'm not rambling and rambling. So that's that's pretty cool. Uh, what other questions do you guys have? I mean, I don't want to just keep rambling and, and waste your time, but uh, I want to make sure it's a good show for you guys. But I think we're caught up on comments and everything else, so I think we're probably going to start to call this. Guys, um, if you do want to see your question on the show, again, the best way is to email us. You can use the email address shown on your screen. That is the QA at gunsandtactics.com. And at the end of the month, we answer your questions. Or if you're participating in the live show, uh, one of the things I'm going to get way better at is when I have a little bit of breathing room after the fall here is I'm going to schedule out the lives way ahead of time, like schedule them at the beginning of the month. So that way you guys will know when they are. So we, we know when they're coming up and uh, we'll just kind of schedule those live posts and things around. So it'll be uh, it'll be good times. So hopefully we can get better views and things like that. Now, I know some guys um, basically do like a live, whatever. I'd love to maybe even get to a weekly live. Like I, I did the What's Up Wednesday very shortly when I was just transitioned to doing this full time. And unfortunately, I lost the bandwidth as other demands in the industry. You're fine. You can grab what you need. I had a, a, a live guest pop into the studio here to grab something. You're fine. Um, 
but uh, I, I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe we'll move Wednesdays to our weekly live stream after I have a little bit of breathing room, and I might not be able to make every single one, but then maybe the QA will be the last one or something. I don't know, but I, I definitely feel like there's enough things that happen every week to justify a weekly show, and I kind of miss the whole What's Up Wednesday format. The only downside with live is I can't handle stuff, so it'd basically be like a weekly podcast, so I might... Uh, I might revisit that. Let me know what you guys think. If you guys would tune in weekly or if uh, you would want or anything like that. So, all right, we're starting to get a couple more comments now that I've rambled. So I will, uh, I will answer these here quick. Have you used the rifle speed? Yes. And it's awesome. It is awesome. I do have a video on it. Uh, so check that out. If you search for rifle speed and then you look at the guns and tactics channel, I do have that, but it's by far the best adjustable gas block system out there. I, I will go on the record saying that I feel it's the best. Uh, it's robust. It's durable. It's easy to adjust. I have not found anything better that works for me, anything better uh, in my mind. Uh, there's a couple, like Seekins has one, the Noveski had the switch block, but as far as overall, I mean, it's a little bit bigger and bulkier than some of the other ones, so it's not compatible with maybe every handguard, uh, but man, it is awesome. It works amazing. Rifle speed is awesome. Uh, Kyle, the owner, is a super good dude. Uh, I, uh, I love their stuff. Absolutely love their stuff. I need to do some more content kind of comparing it to some other stuff because I do get a lot of questions about it, but I love rifle speed. Uh, D-Tom American, what about recoil spring weights unlocking the gun early affecting accuracy? Oh, yeah, we can nerd out about that. So is that a thing? Could be. Are most people, uh, I'm assuming you're talking handguns, are most people going to notice it? Heck no. Now, if you're trying to get the absolute utmost reliability out of everything, timing, yes. Obviously, we want the gun to stay locked for as long as possible because uh, it might reduce recoil. It might reduce movement, accuracy, you know, all that other stuff that leads in from the dwell time, you know, all this nerd stuff, right? Um, but a lot of guns, I mean, a lot of guns, it's not going to be an issue. Like, you'd have to go with a pretty light recoil spring. Actually, that'd be kind of an interesting topic to, like, really nerd out about is find, like, one of those 10,000 frames per second cameras and see what the different unlocking stages look like. That'd be really cool. I don't think I have the budget for that, but that'd be a really cool. I think that'd be cool. Maybe other people wouldn't. I don't know. But good question. Uh, Oracle, yep, I hope to shoot one uh, at TriggerCon. They're going to be there, and I've been talking to them about trying to get a media sample. So you should reach out to Oracle and say, hey, will you send Dave Tim from Guns and Tactics a media sample or something? Because he wants to shoot one and he'll do a review on it and I'll let you know how it is. So, uh, but I think it's cool. I think this is the year of the 11, right? We finally had the Dan Wesson DWX get released. Voodoo brought their Priest uh, double stack to the market. Uh, we had the Prodigy. Uh, you know, again, trying to build the entry-level market. Staccato is obviously killing it. We have the Platypus now out. We have the Oracle. Uh, and there's some other companies that are working on, like the EAA has their version of it. They, they call it a 2311 as well, but more inexpensive. And there was another company at NRA. I want to say they're out of Florida. And they're trying to make like a, a $1,000, $1,200 double stack gun. So... I think it's going to be, you know, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, do you have any machine guns yet? I uh, recently moved to Texas, and I'm wondering if it's worthwhile to get the registered trigger pack. Uh, well, I'm assuming, are you an SOT? Because obviously you got to go through some hoops. So you can't just, like, go get one. Um, but, yeah. If you're an SOT, here's the thing. Me, personally, I've had full auto stuff. Uh, to me, it's just a range toy. Like, I, I don't know. For me, it's not worth the money that I have to have tied up. I might get a pack for like an MP5 or something just to have since I am an SOT. But I think SBRs, suppressors are all better use for people. Um, you know, and even like a lot of military, high tier military people that I talk to, they don't use full auto very often. They're still in semi mode. Um, 
So I just don't know if it's, it's, it's fun. It's cool. It's whatever range toy, but I just, I don't know. Like if I had to pick, I'd rather have a shorter, handier, light SBR or a good quality suppressor. If I'm going to go through all the NFA stuff, uh, the machine guns just, I don't know, just doesn't really, I, I don't need it. I don't miss it. Like, is it, is there some benefits? Yeah. One could argue, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, thanks for the info. Got to run or got to go buy one now. Hopefully you do. All right. And if more people join the Patreon, we might get close for that high speed camera. Exactly. Uh, and what I would love to do is maybe even have a more chill patron only QA where it's just uh, a few people just hanging out and we schedule it ahead of time. But I don't have very many patron supporters, so it's, I don't know. It, it's kind of tough because some people tell me I got to put more effort into it if I want it to grow. But I'm kind of like, man, I put effort into it for less than $100 a month. It's kind of tough to justify too. So, uh, And you'd be buying a pre-86. Oh, well, if you've got the pockets, my man, it is fun, but that's not going to be cheap. Uh, now, Texas is cool because you can own that. Minnesota, we can't. It's Curian Relic unless you have an SOT. But you're talking some serious bucks. So if uh, if you've got some serious bucks, I'd like to introduce you to some sponsorship opportunities. No, I'm kidding. I'm not gonna not gonna mooch you. But if you have the money, man, it is cool. It is fun, and it's an investment too. That's the other cool thing is that machine guns generally have not been losing money. So it is a legitimate investment. Now, some of the more niche stuff might be a little tougher to sell, but like a, a pack like that uh, is pretty mainstream, and it's pretty easy pretty easy to sell if you ever need to recoup some cash, or you could even look at it as an investment. That is probably going to be worth more money in 10 years than you're going to buy it for today because that's just how stuff works sometimes with pre-86 packs. So yeah, really good question. Guys, I think that's going to do it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw up the QA rules. And here's the deal. We give away a prize and it's our, thanks to our sponsor, Global Ordnance. And it is, uh, they are amazing. So here's the prize rules. Please check them out. I'm going to go ahead and select a random winner from the comment section. We don't have a ton of comments, so let me make the window here a little larger. And uh, yeah, if you've got the money, yeah, and you're right, they haven't gone down value. So if you've got the money, man, there's cool stuff to buy. All right. Uh, we have winner is Rich B. Rich B is our random comment generated winner here. So Rich, what you need to do, Rich, is send me an email to the email address shown below, which is the QA at gunsandtactics.com, even though it's not working. Urgh. Anyways, well, I got the title to work, but I can't get the email to work. Anyway, send me an email, Rich. Email address um, is QA, the QA at gunsandtactics.com. Send me that. Let us know that you've won, and we would be more than happy to get a prize out to you from our friends at Global Ordnance. Global Ordnance, again, is a huge supporter of the show. Can't do the channel without them. Uh, absolutely love all that they are doing for me, and they make good quality ammo, guys. I mean, literally, uh, I get great ammo from them. Some of the imported stuff I was a little leery about, but like even some of their steel-cased ammo, like seriously, like steel-cased ammo. Who would have thought that Dave would be shooting steel cased ammo. I do. And it's great. So again, huge thanks to our sponsor, Global Ordnance. They're going to be hooking up the prize uh, for all of our winners and they're going to be taking care of a prize pack for you. They have some stuff coming out for previous winners, but uh, I don't even know who I said won. Who was that again? Rich B. Rich B. Got to send me a message, the QA at gunsandtactics.com and uh, we're going to get you a prize thanks to our sponsor, Global Ordnance. Guys, that's going to do it. Again, I appreciate the support. I appreciate everything you guys have done. Uh, I do love these. And if there's anything uh, I can do to help out, shoot me an email. I'll try to answer. Otherwise, we'll have our live stream at the end of the month. And again, I'd love to see you at TriggerCon if you can make it. And if you uh, need some tickets, let me know. 
I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you guys very much for watching and have a great day.